0: Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah, the second second chapter beginning at verse four. Hear the word of the Lord. O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your ancestors find in me, that they went far from me, and went after worthless things, and became worthless themselves? They did not say, where is the Lord, who brought us up from the land of Egypt? Who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives? I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where's the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord, and I accuse your children's children. Cross to the coast of Cyprus and look. Send to Qadar and examine with care. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O oh heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. Here ends the reading. reading from the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Let mutual affection continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember, those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Here ends the reading.
1: On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited to someone uh, by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host and the host He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Driving down Brenner Avenue, I noticed something different. I typically will take Brenner Avenue from Statesville Road to get to either Aldi or Harris Teeter, or I might go behind Harris Teeter in order to get to the YMCA. But, you know, driving down Brenner, there's always the VA hospital there on my right, and then coming up on the railroad, I notice something different. Flags tied up in the air, a string of flags. And I thought, ooh, the circus is coming into town. But then I looked more closely, no circus, there's some construction happening. I drove by another day, and I noticed more. This time, front end loader, bulldozer, a big truck, hauling something. And I noticed some signs, there was a person holding, holding one of those stop-slow signs, you know, and then there was another sign indicating that they were laying down pipe. But then I saw another sign, one I had never seen before. It said, muster area. Have you ever seen one of these? Muster area. I had to look it up. When I parked my car safely and turned it off, then I got my phone out, and I googled what is... A muster area. Aren't you eager to find out? All right. A muster area is a safe place for employees to go in case they need to evacuate a scene because it's dangerous. So a muster area is a place of safety. Well, this got me wondering. Where is our muster area? That question kept lingering with me. And I think that today's scripture lessons offer us a good word on the topic. Where is our safety? Where do we feel safe? The prophet Jeremiah was preaching an important word for God's people. Now remember, the prophets of the Old Testament, they were called to speak a particular word in a particular place and time for God's people. They were not necessarily soothsayers looking into a crystal ball trying to predict something down the road. Instead, they were saying something very important about right now that would have a future implication. And oftentimes, the message was, if you keep doing all the bad things that you're doing, you're going to bring about ruin upon yourself. For example, suppose you go to your general practice doctor, and the doctor runs a complete blood count examines you, asks questions. And the doctor says in response, the truth, which is oftentimes very hard to hear. And the truth is, you need to change what you eat, you need to exercise more frequently, and those substances that you're taking, you need to stop. But if you keep doing those things, you're going to bring about an outcome you don't want. In that case, the doctor is speaking a prophetic word. If you keep on doing all the bad things that you're doing, you're going to bring about ruin upon yourself. The prophet Jeremiah was speaking this kind of word, and it brought him to tears. He's frequently known as the weeping prophet. Not necessarily because he's so pitiful, he just takes very seriously the stark contrast between what God wants for God's people and the way that the people are actually living. He says, you people have forgotten, you have forgotten what the Lord has done for you. You have lost sight of how the Lord has been so good and faithful, bringing you up out of the land of slavery into a broad and beautiful place. And there's this imagery that the prophet Jeremiah says. I want to read this to you again. I don't want you to miss it, okay? He says, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. Now, when I hear that word cisterns, I'm reminded of that scene from Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader speaks a word of truth that was hard for Luke to hear. Sister, so you have a twin sister. Now, this isn't Darth Vader's voice, a dark, ominous voice that's out to get you. This is the loving, caring voice of God. Cisterns, you have made Cisterns. In other words, says the Lord, you have forgotten me. I am the spring of living water. And instead of trusting in me, you have created for yourself a cistern, a round container to hold water. But it's cracked. So, as much as you try to put water into it, it's going to leak out. Do you catch this imagery? Instead of trusting in the Lord, who is the living fountain of water, here we are trying to create for ourselves a container to hold water. In other words, we think that we can find our own safety in creating for ourselves what we think we can hold on to, instead of trusting in the Lord to provide. Walter Brueggemann is one of the greatest theologians of the past several decades who has been teaching in seminaries. And he wrote a fantastic book entitled The Prophetic Imagination. And in this book, he talks about the Old Testament prophets and their role on behalf of God's people. Saying that the Old Testament prophet observes how there is a royal consciousness at work in the world, most notably observed by Pharaoh in Egypt, imposing a different way of thinking and living upon God's people, a royal consciousness. So part of Moses' leadership was to provide for them a different way of thinking, imagining, and it would cause the transformation of God's people if they would only listen Well, the same was true during the Babylonian exile. No longer was it about Egypt, but now it's about Babylon imposing their worldview upon God's people. It was a different kind of royal consciousness. And so it was the role of the prophets to bring about new imagery, new ways of living. So in today's world, for us in America... We, we don't necessarily have that kind of royal consciousness. You say to yourself, hey, we live in a democratic country where we have freedom, we have the Constitution. There, there, there's no king imposing his will upon us. We may not have that, but we have something that is more subtle and deceptive. We have culture. And we have culture imposing its will upon us in ways that, if we're not careful, will do us in. So we have a different kind of royal consciousness that is creeping its way and has been for too long. So can we listen for God's voice and trust in the Lord to be the spring of living water, instead of creating cisterns for ourselves. Let me name three ways in which we are making cisterns for ourselves. Cisterns that are cracked and will not hold. These are three potentially dangerous idols in the sense that too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. Number one, shopping. We get tempted into thinking that we can provide our own safety, our own muster area, through the things that we buy, either online or in person. If I just buy this extra thing, I will secure my own safety, and I'll have everything be a okay If I just get this other item, I'll feel better about myself. It's true not just in the sparkly things that captivate us in the moment, but there are things that can tempt us to supposing that our safety is found in the thing itself. Carbon monoxide monitor, lipstick stun gun, the list goes on. If I could just buy these things, then I'll be safe. I can secure my own safety through what I buy. Number two, entertainment. Entertainment lately looks like sitting on the sofa and watching a screen in your hand or a big screen on the wall. And at first it seems very simple, no big deal. I'm just gonna watch one video, but then one video turns into five hours binge-watching. Whether it's a television program or news or a game, We keep watching, we keep watching, and we find ourselves feeling more at ease, more comfortable in where we are because we could block out the distractions, the things that worry us. Because entertainment has this quiet hum about it. And at first it seems okay, no big deal, but before you know it, our minds are in another world, and we think that we're safe. Shopping, entertainment, and the third, our own homes. Now, Don't get me wrong. I want to feel safe in my home. I want that for my family. I wonder, however, if over the past two and a half years, we have worked so hard at perfecting our home, our physical space, inside and out, curating it with just the right accoutrements and furniture and things, that we think to ourselves, I'm safe. And then all we gotta do is just hunker down in our own home to secure our own safety. But we've learned what this does. We isolate ourselves from community, disconnecting ourselves from our neighbors, our family, our friends, even the church. And if we keep this up, we will suffer even more. I think about ways that we try to create our own cisterns through shopping, through entertainment, through even our own homes. It seems like a good idea at first, but we have the water that we're trying to hold seep through the cracks instead of trusting in the Lord being the fountain of living water. Jesus, in his parable that we heard, talks about a social situation in which you might be invited to a gathering. But because of the pretense that you bring, you imagine yourself being way up here while everybody else is down here. Because socially, you feel good about yourself way up here. And so you're going to assert that publicly by sitting where you want to be instead of thinking about others. What a danger. What a danger that we can impose upon ourselves And other people, when we enter into a situation, imagining ourselves with such grandiose visions, instead of humbly seeing who we are, we can try to create a social cistern, but that water will crack through and seep out as well. Where do we find safety? Where is the muster area for our life? I'm hopeful that you're here right now or watching via the live stream because you feel safe here. And you should. You absolutely should. We want you to feel safe here at church. And of course, I'm talking about church in two very distinct ways. Number one, primarily the community of people, each other, the connection that we share, the loving bonds of Christian fellowship between sisters and brothers of the faith, and of course I'm talking about the physical building. We want people to walk on our grounds, enter the space, be inspired, be safe. And not only do we want that for you, But we want that for the community as well. Others who have not yet experienced the love of God. Our hope is that we can come to church, feel safe, and then leave this place fortified, encouraged, ready to live in what could potentially be a dangerous world where we are subject to accidents, mistakes, mistakes even the violence of other people. This is a safe place. It's a safe place for you. It's a safe place for your neighbor where we can encounter the living Christ. He is the living water springing up within us a well of joy and thanksgiving. We can trust in him to always provide. We can trust in the Lord always carrying us, holding us, because it's in God that we ultimately have our life's safety and security. Even when the worst of the worst happens in this world, we can trust in God holding us for all of eternity and heavenly glory. In God, we have our safety.